The COVID-19 pandemic has greatly impacted economies worldwide, crushing the travel, tourism and hospitality sectors, as well as small and medium-scale businesses across the globe. But this is not the story across board. Some businesses are smiling all the way to the bank. While some sectors are doing well because their products are health-related and so are in demand, others are designed to take advantage of a captive audience and so have seen a boom. A third category are those businesses that have proved nimble enough to diversify in order to meet the needs of consumers during the pandemic. What will be the fate of businesses in the commercial sectors which thrived in this period, such as e-commerce, home entertainment, pharmaceuticals and healthcare post-COVID? Will the gains they have made be sustained or will things return to the status quo? Hello and welcome to NOW, our podcast which examines the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on all aspects of our lives. I am Juliet Obata. The inventor of the first Nigerian-made disinfectant chamber for COVID-19 prevention, Obi Charles Nanna, says making money was never his driving force. The goal here is not to come out here and make a killing. The goal here is to solve a problem, reduce the spread of the coronavirus. Dr. Minus Suleiman, the Chief Executive Officer of Cleantech Medical Laboratories and Diagnostic Center in Kano State, says that medical laboratories that do not provide online services at this time are lagging behind. Anybody that is not thinking to provide online services or passion online services, he has not even started. Renowned comedian and compare MC Sako says there are many ways to make money during this pandemic. Be skillful with your act. Don't limit it to Nigeria, don't limit it to Africa. You know, think about a, a product that, that will sell not only to Nigerians. Necessity is the mother of invention, and this saying has proved to be true again and again during this pandemic. The problems, issues, challenges, and drawbacks that we've seen during this time have led to the adaptation and innovations by businesses and individuals. Kaltani, a company which operates a recycling facility, is now a proud innovator to begin servicing a cost-efficient mass disinfection chamber. How did this happen that a company whose expertise was dealing with plastic waste found in landfills, waterways and gutters is now involved in mass sanitation? This is the question I asked the company's chief executive officer, Obi Nanna. Speaking of the of the innovation or invention that is a disinfectant chamber or sanitization tunnel, which essentially disinfects your body in a period of five to 10 seconds, sanitizes your hand and uh, checks your temperature. I'm an engineer, uh, I have a team of engineers. So we put together this solution coupled with a uh, NAFDAQ approved disinfectant solutions to help reduce the spread of the coronavirus. So how has the reception been so far? Uh, it's been quite good. Uh, I think uh, desperate times calls for desperate measures and unique innovations. And hopefully, or thankfully, um, my team and I were able to come together to develop this solution. And we're getting some increasing demand. And our hope is to spread the disinfectant tunnels and sanitation gates and chambers all across Nigeria in hopes of reducing the spread of the novel coronavirus. When you said you wanted to set up a shop in the U.S., why wouldn't you stay in Nigeria and rather export to the U.S.? Well, two things, right? 
It's about creating an opportunity for everything, right? What I mean, if it's easier to export from here to Nigeria, I'm happy to do that, right? But like I said from the beginning, the goal is to get the devices, the disinfectant chambers, sanitization tunnels to the end user in the cheapest way possible. Now, if it means I have to set up shop manufacturing in the States to get to end user, I will. If I can export from here to America and it's cheaper for the end user, I will. It goes back to what I said earlier in the day, right? Profit is not our priority here, right? The goal here is to reduce the spread of the coronavirus. So that means how many of these units can we sell? How many of these units can we get out there? And how fast can we get this units to every part of the world? That's what it's all about. Yeah, because if you, yeah, if you set up here in Nigeria, you're going to create more jobs for you, the youths and unemployed people. Trust me, my factory is on the Lagos Ibada Expressway, right? I have another factory in Abuja, and I'm setting another one up on the Abba Port Harcourt Expressway, right? My priority is to create jobs for Nigerians, and that was the reason I moved back to Nigeria after all the years in America. So my heart is in Nigeria, my heart is with the people. And that's my goal. Tell us about your orders. Are you getting orders from other states uh, or countries? Yeah, we are. There's quite some demand coming in from Europe and America. So they're actually asking us to set up shop in America. Uh, we're getting orders from different states in Nigeria. Um, the reception has been warm, has been interesting, and uh, we're just trying to ramp up production and to meet the necessary demands. What has been the feedback so far from those you have supplied to, or those who have bought the product? So far, so good. Positive feedback, so that's good news for us. So how sustainable is it? How sustainable? Well, for a starter, we don't want coronavirus to be sustainable, right? So yeah. our hope is we sell enough to reduce the spread, and coronavirus is a thing of the past. And this innovation won't be needed. But like every entrepreneur, you identify an opportunity, you innovate create a solution but it doesn't stop at right now uh, we are set out as a plastic recycling and waste management company that's what we do this right here was just to solve a problem that needed a solution and people were going to China and India trying to import these chambers when we had a local solution right here at home and I was happy to fill that void okay, so you must start recycling like you said are all your materials for production recycled and um, eco-friendly I am not a master in anything. I am just a simple man called Opie Charles Nana. Um, our materials are locally sourced, some recycled material, some virgin material, but right here in Nigeria. And um, we utilized our warehouse space, our dormitory space, to house our workers. And we've built the solution in a safe environment. So how are the figures looking? Are you smiling to the bank now? It's important I mention, it's not about profiteering off the back of COVID-19. I'm an entrepreneur, yes, right? But that's why we price our solutions across board. From price sensitive, our super value, to value, to our gold and our premium options. The goal here is not to come out here and make a killing. The goal here is to solve a problem, reduce the spread of the coronavirus. So I think a lot of Nigerian entrepreneurs should remove themselves from thinking about money when finding a solution to a problem, but rather focus on the problem. And I think 
if you can remove yourself from it, right? Thinking about the people, the stakeholders, the community, first and foremost, then everything else follows. Money should never be your objective when going into business. I should mention, I left 12 years in oil and gas in America and France to come to Nigeria to set up, to set up a plastic recycling and waste management company. I didn't do it for money. I did it because I realized there was a lot of pollution in Nigeria, plastic pollution in our waterways, in our landfills, in our communities. I realized there was a lot of unemployment in Nigeria. The goal setting, um, the goal for Kalatani was to solve the plastic pollution problem, the carbon emission problem, and the unemployment problem in Nigeria. If money comes from that, I'll accept it. I'm not here to make money only. I'm here to solve the problem. And that's the same thing with the, the innovation of the disinfectant chamber. It's not about the money. Because guess what? You make all the money in the world, and the entire place is plagued with coronavirus. You can't enjoy that money. So what are we here to do? We're here to solve a problem, reduce the spread of the coronavirus. The money is insignificant. Okay. Point noted. I want to know more about the disinfecting chamber. Yeah. Did you have any challenges doing it and any drawbacks? With every engineering problem, right, there's always a drawback, there's always a challenge. Maybe your first design doesn't get it right. You go back, you optimize, you innovate, you find a better solution. So that, these are the things that come that come with innovation, right? And so like our first design, we found out utilizing aluminum probably wasn't the best way to go. So we opted for utilizing stainless steel. We found out different solutions, um, utilizing maybe a pressure activated solution, a motion sensor solution, or a regular switch solution, because it's all dependent on who your customer is. It could be a residential customer or a commercial customer. It could be a private customer or a public customer. Every customer requires a, a unique solution, and we're here to solve that issue, providing unique solutions. Okay, so let, let's look beyond um, COVID-19 now. What are your plans for this product after the pandemic? Well, even after coronavirus, right, after COVID-19, we are all now aware of the various pathogens, viruses, bacteria, fungi, and spores that live in our environment, right? People, I believe people will tend to lean towards essentially being cleaner, being disinfected, right? So um, it may be a coronavirus situation or not a coronavirus situation. We found this today, there are new uses for our products and we're fulfilling those customers, those customers' needs. So, and those aren't even coronavirus needs, right? But that's for me to know. I can't tell you that just yet. The pharmaceutical and the healthcare industries are another sector thriving as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. A community pharmacist based in Enugu, Victor Ani, tells Ekene Odigwe how the demand for certain drugs believed to be good for boosting the immune system sold out in local pharmacies in Enugu State, Southeast Nigeria. You know, there was this mad rush of, uh, of supplements, especially vitamin C. There was a rumor that when you take vitamin C and a couple of other supplements, it could boost your immune system to protect you from uh, COVID-19. So there was a mad rush initially, both for vitamin C, nose mask, and, um, um, and then hand sanitizer. But apart from that, you know, the COVID-19 affected the livelihood of people, so um, there were quite uh, frugal in their spending. It drastically decreased their 
ability to buy some other stuff. Talking about uh, increment and what people were buying, did you see an increase in the demand for certain drugs like chloroquine because of the idea that it could be used in clinical trials at the pharmacy? Yes, there was a massive increase in the demand for chloroquine. And like I said before, as a result of the rush, the demand for it, um, um, most suppliers or distributors, what they did was they hiked the price. So it was very scarce. Okay. But then the price was good. Like there was a, a, a good cash out at the end of it all. Yes, especially for the distributors. There was a huge cash out for them because people bought the drugs out of um, panic. There was panic buying of these drugs. Earlier, you made mention about hand sanitizers, nose masks, and other PPEs. Yeah. So, if you were to estimate what the increase rate was like, what would you say? Okay, I would say that the increment in the price of these uh, PPEs was quite massive, up to 500%, if not up to 1,000%. So, because um, wow. at the time, you know, um, like hand gloves that was initially sold a pair for maybe 13 or 15 era. Now, one, a pair of hand gloves goes for uh, as much as 300 naira, 400 naira, 500 naira. So you can do the math and see the percentage increment. The same thing goes for the hand sanitizer. The one we, we, we usually sell before 200 naira, the price increased up to 1,500, 2,000, 2,500. So that is, it is at that bad. So yeah. how did you adapt your services and also restocked to suit the pandemic as time, you know, uh, moved forward? Okay, um, it was a, quite a Herculean task for us because we had to make calls, called um, for supplies directly from the company and then from the distributors. So it was quite difficult getting uh, most of these essential goods, most of the drugs that we stock in the pharmacy. But then... That was, it is what it is. That's what they say. Are people coming for drug prescriptions, especially those who are afraid of going to the hospital because of the pandemic? I had a, an experience today. Someone called me over the phone and complained. You know, he gave me a couple of uh, complaints, and then I I told him to come. When he eventually came to the, to the office, he said he told me he said something that was quite amazing. He said that he put a call to his doctor friend, and then and then. One of his friends advised him not to visit hospital at all as a result of this pandemic. Why? Because people are scared of being, you know, um, quarantined in the hospital. So, you know, so, yes, he did. Now, if you are to make a lesson or a note out of what the pandemic has taught us as against coming into post-pandemic era, what would make to your note? What? I have to say about that is that you know this this uh, whole COVID-19 pandemic uh, showed how unprepared our government is, especially when it comes to issues like this, emergency situations like pandemic, and then it also showed how uh, porous our healthcare system is. So the whole thing, I would say that if uh, the Nigerian government should take um, a big lesson from this pandemic is for them to see that they are supposed to budget a huge amount of the national budget. They're supposed to allocate a huge amount to the healthcare sector, you know, to foretell the this kind of incidents because the whole uh, 
COVID-19 pandemic caught us unaware. So it was quite unfortunate. And for the people, what would you tell them? All right. Um, the main thing is to stay informed, avoid uh, rumors and fake news, because as a result of the information people got, they took a lot of decisions out of fear. A lot of them, they did panic buy-in. If they hear that azithromycin is, is now what is going to prevent it, then there will be a mass rush for it. If they hear that it's chloroquine, if they hear that vitamin C or zinc tablets, they'll just rush and then go ahead and spend. So the, what I would have to say to the people that they should stay informed, taking the, the right information. Don't just take in whatever anybody tells you. But it's not the same for private laboratories and diagnostic centers who are not collaborating with federal government institutions in the fight to contain the COVID-19 pandemic by conducting tests or collecting samples. Canada-based journalist Mohammad Bashir spoke to the director and chief executive officer of Cleantech's Medical Laboratories and Diagnostic Center in Kano State, Dr. Aminu Sulaiman, who says despite not benefiting from the pandemic, his laboratory is doing its own bit in preventing the virus from spreading. Services related to COVID-19 for us in the, in the medical laboratory, what the policy we have adopted is that we have to play our own part to ensure that uh, we prevent the pandemic from spreading around. And because of that, we suspended uh, services like X-ray and uh, Suputum, culture of Suputum, anything related to investigation that will give rise to cough or, to, or distressed breathing like that. So that is number one. We suspended some services, actually. Anybody will see with symptoms that are actually related suspected to COVID-19. Yes, suspected yeah. symptoms. We refer them to where we think uh, they will it's get a better service. Because we don't want to take chances. We may be thinking this is just tuberculosis, something we can do. But at the end of the day, if it turns out to be uh, COVID-19, uh, and we don't have enough uh, personal protective equipment, we'll be in for it. So the measures we took, just to refer them. Yeah. So um, even though you have uh, made mention of some me method or maybe some measures you are currently adopting, but uh, mm. I want to know, uh, have you adopted any of your services to include COVID-19 prevention or treatment in testing, hand sanitizers, PPEs, so, healthcare services, so, for example. Yeah, so what we also did in addition to making sure that we refer patients with suspected uh, COVID-19 suspected illness, in our own part, we made it as a policy. All staff must wear face masks while on duty, and they must also uh, ensure that uh, there is a social distancing. So. The normal reception we normally use, we had to stop using it. We had to come out to allow our patients to sit outside so that we can allow social distancing. Mm -hmm. We also made provision of hand sanitizers at uh, reception so that any patient that comes in will have to uh, get the hand sanitizer to sanitize himself. Um, are you partnering with those at the front line or doing any advocacy work like related to the pandemic COVID-19? not actively involved. We are not actively involved in anything uh, related to COVID-19 uh, pandemic. What we found out that 
is that anybody that is not thinking to provide online services or passion online services, uh, he has not even started. For instance, for us in the laboratory, we're already thinking of how do we come up with a system whereby patient doesn't have to come to physically to our facility. We can link him up with a doctor that can consult him virtually, and the doctor will now request the lab test virtually. And then the only thing that will link us with the patient is to collect sample. After we finish collecting sample, we just tell you, use your username and password, login, download your result and print it if you want. If you don't want it, you can also forward that result to your doctor and the doctor will look at the result and prescribe drugs for you. So you don't have to be physically involved, uh, seeing doctors going to the lab. There are many things like that. And then another lesson that we've learned is that uh, seriously, right now as I'm talking to you, many businesses are down. Any business that, that requires social gathering, believe in me, they are out of business. So with a small change, if somebody as an entrepreneur thinking, you have to start thinking, we have not managed our information very well, both at state and federal level, and it's affecting a lot of businesses in that regard. The use of virtual technologies that enable people access entertainment and remain in contact remotely is rising in response to enforced social distancing. Most Nigerian entertainers and creatives have taken their craft online to meet the needs of their consumers and fans. One of such creatives is comedian and compare MC Sako. He tells Bimbola Alawo how his fans are reacting to his first virtual party. It, it was easy, but you know, it was the first time, basically the first time. It, it wasn't, you know, something you're not used to. Some, I've been speaking to the audience, so I've been doing audience, um, doing things online um, with people over 13 years, and this is a new one, so it does not become an habit, you know, nothing like you have to be calm, you have to be able to get, get, uh, get people's attention, everybody's attention, not like, you know, when you go to an event before, you don't focus on a particular number of people, but this time you need to carry everybody along, because um, if you do not, you're not, it's not a successful event. So it taught me how to be more patient, how to be more observant, and then um, it taught me how to just, you know, know that, Things, things can change anytime. So it, it, it's been an exciting time. I had one. I had anchored a 40th birthday today for over two hours. And it was a good experience. So, wow. You know, yeah, seeing people from different parts of the world, US, Canada, UK, in one, that over 160 to 200 people today, this afternoon, from 1 p.m. to like past three. It was, it was a fantastic period. It's all different. At least some, some people I've never known, I've never seen before. We, we had to that conversation. We had people like um, Ms., um, Dr. Odio Ezekwesili. We had um, Dr. Pasonike Adeyemi. All were were all in Zoom. It was a fantastic time. Okay. What were the disadvantages? Uh, disadvantages were were there. Any, you know, you could not have one on one. You know, uh, not like you could get feedback from feedback from. You know, how you finish an event and then you get. You get people say, oh, you did a fantastic job. But, you know, the truth is, I just got a call from the, I just um, spoke to the celebrant herself, and she was impressed with what, what, um, what I did. Um, she's, 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 
Why am I honorarium? Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a professional fee in the same range of your normal fees. At all. Not 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 on the same range at all. Not on the same range. Below, below, below. My normal my normal fee. Uh, because um, there were a lot of a lot of things that they put in place and and this 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 for this for this person she is um she's she's almost family, so we, we had an agreement and then so, but I'll tell you the truth. I've, I've asked around. It's not being a normal, not being a normal professional thing because you know that. And for me, you know, this is this is also a period where I need to perfect. Yeah, I need to perfect a session so that I perfect my skills on the Zoom and all the things. So the more I do it, the more I get better in it. So when there's an opportunity, because that's also happened to me when I was doing the job, I had to consistently do the job of somebody saw the consistency. When they begin to see the consistency, and then when I tell them I've done this, and they ask questions, I can tell you, yes, this is what we do. This is what we do because I have, I have been, I've, I've been in the game, or oh, I've been doing it for a while. Okay, so you're trying to say that um, the percentage was really low. Can you give us a range? Give me like an idea. <laughs> you know, like say maybe this is ten percent of what you would normally collect or something. About about. Um, that's just a 30 percent of what I normally collect from my COVID is eating into your pockets. <laughs> yeah, COVID, COVID, yeah, COVID. But, but, but you know, like I said, we've learned. My wife and I started started a series online. Um, some push that started two years ago, and uh, but this period made us. Um, it was it was a good time, and we were getting good feedback, putting content up online. You know, some of the guys have been putting it up online, but you know, we I think because I'm always busy. But we saw the need to put your content up online, YouTube, because the truth is, some people, some people didn't even see this COVID at all. They didn't see, they didn't feel it at all, because their content was already out. And so when people are at home, they consume a lot of content online. So, and that is YouTube, YouTube only. That's another way to make money every month. So, I've been feeling land, land in this period. Is an eye opener for me. Okay, as an entertainer. What are your fears about the future of entertainment and social gathering post-COVID? Well, for me, my, my, my fear is the truth is we're not, things will not remain the same again because uh, people are, are more aware and they know that a lot of things have been So my fear is um, events event, event, uh, might not be the way it used to be, you know, um, like event centers used to be. It's going to be more... So anybody that wants to get into the new normal and um, get to enjoy what is in place, um, get uh, get to enjoy the things, the benefits of entertainment, will have to start packaging things to put up online uh, because that's where your crowd is. And then it does not it does not limit you because the truth is, um, I don't see fear. I just see opportunities. Uh, I don't see fear. I, I see opportunities. I'm, I'm running my a comedy show um, online last Friday in the month of June, by the grace of God. And we're not restricting, we're not restricting, we're not restricting to Nigeria alone. Taking it back to, taking it back to other, you know, to different countries, and they connect to. So my, my fear is just this: the things will not just be the way it used to be again. But like I said, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the challenges to think of how we can get better at what we're doing. So what do you think is the way forward for creatives and entertainers? 
skillful, be skillful, be skillful with your act. Don't limit it to Nigeria. Don't limit it to Africa. You know, think about think about a, a product that that we sell, that we sell not only to Nigerians. That we get. Think about. Uh, don't just believe the new. Don't just believe. Oh, this is how we should do. This is how we should do. Things have things have changed. Things have changed. So don't just uh, stand there and say, okay, I'm waiting for. Start thinking of a product. You know, think of a product that you will sell. That when they mention this product, really come to your mind. You know, uh, and be be well be well positioned where people can see you. This period is not a period where you don't need to stay on your own. I say you you need to be seen because you need to be seen because sometimes people people is the people that they see that they call. You need to be seen. You need to put your stuff out there. You need to put your stuff out there. Put your products out there. Uh, bring out the product from what you from what you have done. So I'm working on a book. I'm I'm working on a book. My book is out on Father's Day. And that's it on this episode of Now. I am Juliet Obata. 